Hello and welcome to Pensions in 10. My name is David Brooks and I'm joined by my colleague Simon Hugh. This week we talk about all things politics. We've got an autumn statement coming up this week and a new pensions minister. So keep listening to hear our thoughts on what's going on. Dave, are you as excited as I am? Because Wednesday we know it's the Chancellor's autumn statement, a fiscal event, as I heard it described on the television today. Are you, are you as excited as I am? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was waiting to come in. But yeah, I, I don't know how excited you are, but I'm pretty excited. Oh, same. Um, I'm struggling to sleep um, uh, with with just the the anticipation of what may be said uh, after the after the letdown of the King's speech. Yeah. Uh, so why why don't we today, rather than doing two or three different stories, why don't we just have a bit of two to and fro with what the rumours are, um, touching back on the Mansion House speech and, and what might come through? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've got to mention uh, our dear new minister, uh, Mr Maynard. So we'll, we'll cover that as well. Um, but what's what's on your radar at the moment, Dave? What, what, what do you think is going to be said on Wednesday? Well, I mean, like you say, there's lots of rumours, lots of things flying around. Um, I think a non-pension one, although pensions related from a financial planning perspective, is inheritance tax has been on off, on off. Um, the latest rumours I'm seeing is that perhaps he'll leave inheritance tax alone for now. I do still think it's possible he'll mention something because it's been so well trailed. Politically, it feels like something he could do quite easily although it's another tax cut for for richer people. So again, that's easily shot down by Labour, so it's giving them a bit of an open goal. So inheritance tax is is an interesting one. On the pension side, I think there's there's two key things emerging. Um, One is around what we're going to do with um, consolidation vehicles. And there was reports uh, last week that the PPF um, being used as a public sector consolidator solution might have a bit of a bit of go still in it. So there's likely to be a consultation on that. Um, and that will be very interesting because the detail of that is fundamental to, to how that would work. Um, I mean, no one doubts that the PPF could do it. They've got the, the know-how and the people to do it. But whether it is the right thing will depend on so many different flavours of the way um, it's created. And that's that's the big the big question. So that consultation is going to be something that as an industry we're going to be pouring over to understand, you know, how they're going to construct the member benefits, where they have to be harmonized to go in. They're looking to be going up to smaller DB schemes. And if so, what what is a smaller DB scheme? I don't want to bring up the general levy again, but we know the government definition of a small scheme might not meet what the industry thinks is a small scheme. So who they're actually going to be targeting, what state that funding will be in. Um, and it's so yeah, that's just a, a a dip of the toe in the number of questions there are about that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're on that one. Yeah, your your point on on benefits is an interesting one because if you've got PPF compensation, so PPF as is, and compensation being paid, if that is lower than the benefits that will be paid under PPF two uh, or whatever you want to call it, the the consolidator, mm. then how they'll get comfortable with that, how industry will get comfortable with that, I don't know. Um, it's not impossible because, of course, you'll ring fence, you'll segregate. Um, so it's 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 not off the table, but I think that's that's going to be uncomfortable. You've then got the insurers um, and 
the ABI have been quite vocal in this already. Uh, they're concerned that it may be taking food off of their table, um, potentially throwing a bit of a, a hand grenade into the buyout market, which currently seems to be working perfectly well. Um, OK, we could talk about capacity for various different reasons. Um, let's not dwell on that now, but that's that's one um, fly in the ointment potentially with with the buyout market. But otherwise, it's it's running quite well. So will that create problems, particularly then when you're looking at the Mansion House Compact, for instance, um, where you're kind of asking them to do good things. So it's mm. on one hand, it's like, come over here, let's work together, let's do really nice things. And on the other hand, it's I'm gonna gonna mess up your business model. And and again, there's a bit of a, um, uh, a juxtaposition there between wanting one thing from the insurers, but then potentially harming them on the other side. Yeah, it's, it's the bigger picture. That's, the bigger picture is we want, well, the government would like more investment in, in productive finance and private markets, and these kind of things. And you touched on the Mansion House Compact, which is looking a little bit shakier this morning, the reports of the weekends that some of the insurers aren't happy with the way that would work in practice. You know, we've got default charge caps, which will be a constraint. Um, liquidity is always the big one um, when dealing with DC pensions that people want their money or understand the value of it on a daily basis, which has been a big selling point. You know, there's lots of good things that have been done in the DC market. And it's it's that collision between an overall policy objective of something that probably sound sense. You know, if you had an economist look into the pension industry, they'd look at it and say, this is not the way I would design a pension system. And we'd all go, yes, OK, fine. And we're here and that's where we are. But if we can just get this amount of money, you know, 5% of everything, which is a big number, invested in in good UK focused productive things, and that's good for the society, I can kind of see the logic in that. But it just seems to collide with the reality of DB schemes orderly making their way to buyout, DC schemes doing all they can to lower cost. You know, we, we haven't really talked about value much on these um, pensions in 10, but, you know, cost is a big part of the value discussion, you know, and I, th and I think that's been a big driver and it's the obvious thing, you know, 0.75 charge cap looks great for everybody because it means that people are getting good quality pensions at a low, a low cost and that's important. But all these ideas collide with those things and you've got to then, again, you know, steer the tanker of the pension industry one way or the other to make it change and that's i just think that's just not easy and 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 speeches in in mansion houses and speeches in the houses of commons all well and good but they'll just they just collide with the technicalities of, of the pension industry yeah and there's even rumors um of tax incentives for employers to keep their schemes running rather than buy up with an insurer and that doesn't really align with any of the things that we've been talking about, uh, particularly there's a big focus on consolidation, right? The, the mood music from the regulator is um, shape up or consolidate. Um, Rachel Reeves has said that um, if she's in post uh, after the next election, uh, she will want to uh, bump up the regulator's powers to force uh, schemes to consolidate. So how would that sit with, and I appreciate that's a Labour policy, not not a mm. Conservative policy or, or a current, current government policy, but that doesn't sort of sit together. So if the, the mood music is saying small schemes must consolidate, one, where's the size, right? How do, how do you dictate what the size is? So uh, a scheme that's a pound larger than one other scheme doesn't mm. consolidate, whereas the other one does, that doesn't seem right, doesn't seem a logical way of doing it. So where do you draw the line? 
and you force them just because it's a smaller scheme, perhaps with a smaller employer, doesn't mean it's badly run. Mm. Uh, so why why like yeah. close a perfectly well run scheme, which could th theoretically be an open scheme? I know it's, it's unlikely these days, but it mm. could be an open scheme. It may actually harm members if they force it to consolidate. Yeah, yeah, the trustees have some really difficult decisions to make. If if you're being encouraged to go into into PPF two, yeah, which is a harmonisation of benefits, say, or might be a reduction in security because buyout is still seen as the gold standard. You know, that's where everyone would want to be to ensure the security of their members. And so, member security does still need to be the bedrock of everything we talk about when we talk about DB benefits. Yes, we talk about the employer. You know, what's good for the employer as well. We need to think about that. You're talking about the tax breaks. Why would an employer want to keep rumbling on with that sort of risk? On their books, you know, would they not rather mm. wind this, you know, buy this this pension scheme out, secure the benefits, and get some money back if there's any left over, albeit you know paying a tax charge or doing something something with it. That that's that's the goal of all this, and I think that's the thing we always also get distracted by. I've said numerous times uh, on these pensions in tens, um, what what are we actually trying to do, and mm. then focus on that. And you're right, right? Would we would we design a pension system the way that we have it? And of course we wouldn't. It's it's an absolute curate's egg of a, a problem. Um, but you you mentioned there about sponsors. Uh, Walgreens, of course, have been in in the news, um, rumoured to be putting a, a billion quid um, to. Uh, do a risk transfer with with LNG as I say rumor too I don't have um, absolute uh, knowledge of this um, but they've been trying to sell the business uh, again allegedly for a period of time not been able to get the value that they've wanted um, so my understanding is that they were looking around seven billion for the business are only getting offers of about five billion um, so the thinking I'm guessing is Put a million into the scheme, remove the scheme from the balance sheet. You're then selling an unencumbered business, which will get you more value. So the the deficit on the balance sheet is actually causing uh, a reduction in uh, competitive uh, trading, really. Um, so we we need like for, for many, many more reasons. Um, yes, a pension promise has been made that needs to be paid. Right. The member needs to be protected. But we also need businesses like Boots to survive. I mean, you imagine if we lost Boots off the high street, hmm. um, that would be devastating. The, the number of jobs that would be lost. I mean, we, we need businesses to survive. So we need to make sure these pensions are funded in such a way that um, that it doesn't hamper uh, a business being able to trade. And your point there about surpluses and, and the tax charge, that's a simple one. As an employer, why would I throw loads of money into a pension scheme when there's a chance that there's going to be a trap surplus and I'm going to have to pay a lot to get it back? Yeah. I just simply wouldn't do it. So I think we need to apply that thinking as well as protect the member at all costs. Yes, we need to protect the member, but we also need to bring the, the wider economic thinking into it. Hmm. Okay, we're running out of time. So we just need to touch on Paul Maynard's appointment. Um, so welcome. Welcome to you, Paul. Um, he's got some things to pick up. I just want to touch on the one thing I'd really like him to to look at immediately if he could. And that's the issue. I, we've touched on it on this pension centre a few times is the transfer regulations, which don't seem to be working as intended. We've got lots of people struggling to get their benefits um, transferred because of um, flags around overseas investments. Um, uh, and incentives, and they're easily fixed. And I think it will be a great thing for him to to get his teeth into immediately and say, look, this 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 is clearly not working. We can fix this with very little detrimental impact on members. It will be a positive thing for everybody, and still stick it to the scammers, which I think is still important. So that's my little plea. So Paul, do click on this link on your LinkedIn 
thing when we send it to you and just get to the end or near the end and there's my message to you <laughs> excellent well dave we're well over our 10 minutes so we'll save the funny i mean politics is funny enough so uh we if anyone wants a funny just go back and look at a yes minister or something like that, that, that <laughs> keep the funny will be back next week um but everyone thanks very much for for listening for watching and we'll see you next week thank you